You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's showtime. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Backernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So let me kick this off by saying thank you very much to Paula. Paula upped her pledge on uh, Patreon. Also, thank you to Michael Adams for jumping in on Patreon to help support the show. I very, very much appreciate that. Also, as I log into Patreon here, it says, um, we now accept euros, British pounds, and U.S. dollars, which seems like that would have been already a thing. But if for whatever reason you weren't able to jump in because of currency or whatever, maybe try again. I know we've got some international fans listening around the world. I don't know, man. I'm just passing the message along. I don't know what this means. Kind of just popped up unexpectedly. Since we're uh, self-promoting here, let's get the other stuff out of the way. If you haven't yet, please make sure you get in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. I haven't been doing as much with the page because of YouTube. This is the problem with doing too many things at once is there's only so much time in the day and, you know, it's a zero-sum game, so when you add to one thing, you have to take from somewhere else. That's just kind of how this works. But speaking of, Pack Daddy NFL is my YouTube channel. I saw somebody else say that they kind of got confused and they went to Packernet. There is a Packernet Podcast YouTube channel. But what I actually did, as I said, that's kind of dumb. Why would you have two YouTube channels, one of which is brand new? This, this, the podcast, uh, what am I talking about? The YouTube channel that, that I'm officially using now, I've had for like four years. It kind of blew up relatively, I shouldn't say blew up, but I mean, the, the videos got a lot of views early and I lost a ton of revenue because it took over a year to get uh, monetized after so it, it took like a year to get to the point where I met their standards which are extremely stringent and then it took them a year to approve it because it was some weird thing where I don't know there was all kinds of issues with YouTube getting dinged for having bad accounts so they were super strict and it just it was like yeah you meet all the standards but you know it's gonna take a, a like a month and then a month literally turned into like a year so b- bottom line is I'm not playing that game again. So I just merged my Packers stuff into my NFL draft stuff and just said, you know what, it's a Packers channel that does NFL draft content. But just so you know, if you are subscribed, and I should probably put a, a video out on my other channel, but if you're subscribed to the Packernet Podcast YouTube channel, just go over to Pack Daddy NFL. Also, thank you to whoever that was that got confused because it got me thinking, why don't you take the content from there and bring it over to your new channel? So... There are some videos going up. You may have already seen them because I put them on that YouTube channel as well as already in the Facebook page. But if you haven't seen them yet, the one that I posted yesterday is a... I didn't really know what to call it because it's like an, it's over an hour long. But it was just kind of comparing Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, kind of going in-depth on my thoughts in terms of my issues with Aaron Rodgers in this system, what Aaron Rodgers needs to fix, and what I'm excited about him fixing. And, and that's sort of the good thing about being negative to a point. Right, the problem with being overly positive, and I know a lot of fans like doing that, and they think that that's the ultimate virtuous, ultimate fan thing to do. Always say Aaron Rodgers is perfect and can't be fixed and everything else. The problem with that is, then we can't grow. We can't get any better. And all the flaws we saw last year are just going to stay there, because there's no room for growth. 
the, the good thing about identifying, look, I love Aaron Rodgers. I'm so glad that we have him. Bob, about right, all these qualifiers so that we don't get, you know, offended. Beyond that now, what are the issues? And then the real exciting part comes in when we say, what if they fix those issues? What if he tweaks these couple things? Sky's the limit. And I've mentioned that several times. So a look at Aaron Rodgers and kind of what everybody's been talking about, right? As far as holding the ball and everything else. But I wanted to actually put it in video form. And I do really like it. And actually that video is doing really well. As, as far as this channel has gone, basically the NFL draft content usually does really well. The Green Bay Packers content does terribly. Unless it's like breaking news stuff. This video is really kind of taken off, so it seems like this is maybe a popular topic, so I should probably do it more. Maybe during the regular season we'll go back and review um, stuff, whatever, I don't know. But anyways, from there then, it goes on to Jordan Love. What? It, why is Jordan Love different? Because a lot of the conversation around Jordan Love is he's very similar to Aaron Rodgers, and when you look at Jordan Love's highlights, it seems that way. But if you look on a play-to-play basis, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love are complete opposite quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is, yeah, 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 I've got a couple checkdowns, I don't care. I don't like checkdowns. I want to look elsewhere. Jordan Love is, there he is, throw it. That's it. There's an open guy, I'm taking it. I'm not messing around. And and the, the difference there is, when there's a big play, Aaron Rodgers was patient enough to wait for it and see it and hit it. The problem is, it's way too rare of an occurrence, especially with, as we know, not exactly the best elite wide receivers in the world. Now, he can wait on Devontae. He's got probably a 50-50 shot. If you just sit there and wait for Devontae to come open, 50-50 shot. But that's not really an offense. And so that that so simultaneously, that's what Aaron Rodgers needs to tweak, but also that's what Jordan Loves brings, and you can understand why. And I'm not saying this is why Aaron's going to get pushed out. I'm just saying you can understand why from Matt LaFleur's standpoint and from Brian Gutekunst's standpoint of trying to get the guy that's going to run Matt LaFleur's system, whenever the time comes to move on from Aaron Rodgers, whether it's one, two, ten years from now, you understand why Jordan Love makes sense to be the guy at some point. So anyways, that was really fun. I actually went back and watched the whole thing all over again because I really just enjoyed looking at that all over again. And it, it, at the end of it, by the time it's all said and done, it really comes down to being largely a Jordan Love appreciation video, almost a Jordan Love hype video because it's it really is fun to watch him. His passes are really remarkable, and we kind of forget that. I, we we kind of just feel like we got this scrub that we think is maybe, dude, I'm telling you, there's no guarantee and he's got some issues and... There's concerns, but he's got some really rare ability, and I think his number one attribute is ball placement. His accuracy is disgusting, and the confidence with which he throws those passes. There's no hesitation, nothing, just, it's like just another day, no big deal, and he's throwing these pinpoint passes. I don't want to give away the, the whole video. I want you to go watch it. Again, Pack Daddy NFL. The name of the video, if you just want to look it up, is comparing Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, but I don't know how hard it's going to be in the algorithm to, you know, it's probably still going to be buried behind ESPN and CBS Sports video. So just go to the YouTube channel and you'll find it. But the final thing that I'll say is, well, if he's so accurate, why did he throw so many picks in 2019? From what I can see, a lot of the interceptions, not all of them, but a lot of them are him being too decisive, not inerrant passes. And this is where I was wrong when I said he's kind of like Mitch Trubisky. And the reason that I had said that at the, at the time, and this is before we drafted him and I watched him and I thought, no, nah, I don't think so, is the, the reason I had said that is that he would have these really nice long drives and at the end he would throw a, a pick and it's like, come on, man. But a lot of these are, as I said, he's a 
see-it-throw-it kind of guy, and sometimes he needs to take a half a second more. And who better to learn from than Aaron Rodgers? Right? If, in other words, there he is, throw it, and there's a, he doesn't see the defender squatting on it, begging and pleading, please go ahead, just throw it, throw it. I want you to throw it. And so if you squat on these little um, you know, routes in the flat, make it look like the guy's open, and as soon as you see that arm cocked, you start breaking on the ball, they kind of had that pegged a little bit. And so the, the interceptions went up. And, and again, there's, there's, he lost his offensive line. He lost his offensive coordinator. He lost his wide receiver. He, just, he lost everything. So everything kind of fell apart, different scheme, different everything. But if you want to get hyped about him, just go watch Jordan Love in 2018. If you don't want to watch my video, go watch any, or I would encourage you to watch all of his games in 2018 that you can find on YouTube. Just type in Jordan Love 2018, Jordan Love verse 2018, whatever, a bunch of stuff. Or just Jordan Love verse and look for 2018. What, what, however, I don't need to teach you how to search things. You should probably be able to figure that out. Oh, but man, I just, I watched it last night and I'm still jacked up now. And I'm, and I'm still upset because I really want to watch him in the preseason. Maybe it's better because now I can't be disappointed and I got another 365 days of being excited about a guy. Hopefully we don't have to see him this year. I mean, I really want to, but if we do, it's because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Or, or we're destroying a team 35 to 6 and we put Jordan Love in at halftime. Yeah, that's, let's do that. What are we talking about now? Um, other ways to support the show, a five-star iTunes review. If you don't have or use iTunes, Stitcher would be fine. Um, I don't actually know how much that helps the algorithm, but it does help my self-esteem for whatever, for whatever that, that's worth. I mean, uh, yeah, let's just, let's just be honest. It does not help the algorithm with iTunes. It absolutely 100,000% does not help. I don't know what they're using as an algorithm, but it's not their reviews. But at the end of the day, when people are searching through... It's not the worst endorsement in the world to have uh, some solid reviews, and I do, and I appreciate all of you for doing that. Um, I think that's about it. I need to get, and maybe I'll try to do this today. Again, this is the reason why you need to be in the group or like the page or be in contact with me somewhere because I'm going to share this all over. But I want to get my, my CBS pool up. The the um, the fantasy football things are done. We have two teams of 14. I'm going to cut it off there. It's not exactly what I had in mind, but that sounds fine. So those are for my patrons. Sorry for any patrons that wanted that. If you want to get involved in some other way, reach out. I'll try to find something fun for you to do. I don't know. I want to try to reward the patrons more often. I just I, I don't have ideas. I used to do giveaways, and I'll probably start that up again. But in the off season, with the giveaways, I was using money that I was earning from the show and using that to do giveaways. Right now, things are a little bit more tight, but hopefully that changes once the season picks up and I can start doing giveaways again. But I want to get my CBS pick and pool going. I really, really like doing that. I want to get as many people in there as possible. It's basically just, it's going to be free. It's just for fun. All you got to do is sign up. And we just pick games and that's it. That's just, I don't know, I think it's fun. And it's our group. I think that's 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 sufficient. Why don't we take a break right here? I've got several things to talk about. Uh, by several, I mean three. We'll see how many of those things we can get through. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. 
when I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So I really hate to keep bringing this up, but Antonio Brown is back in the news. And there's speculation once again that the Packers might get Antonio Brown. The, the benefit for me is, that the, is the fact that we've done this so many times. The research on this is pretty thorough. We've been down this road. So, so the big news is the Green Bay Packers are number, have number one odd to land Mr. Antonio Brown. And when Vegas puts their money down on the line saying that that's the number one deal, people tend to get excited. And remember, something to keep in mind, although Vegas is the best anywhere because they've got you know, billions of dollars on the line, not necessarily on this bet, but just in general, so they, the odds makers are on point, they aren't specifically predicting anything. They're trying to make the most money, and they're trying to get the most bets. And they feel like by setting these odds, they can get a lot of people to bet it. But the point is, it's, just, it's not going to happen, man. The guy, listen, not trying to be disrespectful to people with mental disabilities, but the guy's got a mental disability. He's, he's, he's clinically insane. I, I Look, I get it, man. He's a good football player, and maybe things won't go nuts, and maybe he won't go crazy and, you know, harass women with their children in front of the police and, and then go off on the police, and maybe he won't be psychotic and make the entire Packers organization look like a joke like he did with the Raiders. And, uh, you know, put all over social media a, converse, a private conversation between he and the GM. and all, Maybe he won't do any of that stuff and it'll just be great and he'll show up and he'll be quiet and he'll just be really good and get a lot of touchdowns. But that's not going to happen because he's, he's insane. I mean, actually, he needs help. It, we're, we're well beyond the point of talking about, well, maybe we should go get dude. He's a crazy person. That's not hyperbole. Like, actually clinically mentally crazy but okay let's play with it anyways so have we been in this situation before here's an article um written by david michalski says the packers have five to one odds to land antonio brown this was written february 16th 2019 again we've been here before Quote, for some reason, there is speculation surrounding the possibility of the Packers landing disgruntled Pittsburgh wide receiver Antonio Brown. Think how much has happened since this point. They're still calling him a Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, so he hasn't even flown around and done half the crazy stuff that he did before. This is him just like sitting out, not playing for the Steelers, Antonio Brown. Oddsmakers in Vegas, BetOnline underscore AG, are giving the Packers the second best odds, 5-1, to one, to land Antonio Brown, which has left some fans and members of the media in a euphoric state dreaming about how Aaron Rodgers and the Packers' offense would instantly become one of the league's best with another star wide receiver lining up opposite Devontae Adams. It's almost as if this was written yesterday. Here is another article I found, written March 8, 2019. So shortly after that article was written, this was by Bleacher Report Tim Daniels. Tim Daniels. I don't know why I said Daniels so weird. 
Antonio Brown trade rumors. Packers not interested despite previous report. The Green Bay Packers are reportedly not looking to make a trade for Pittsburgh Steelers superstar wide receiver Antonio Brown. On Friday, Rob Domofsky of ESPN reported the Packers, quote, won't jump in now and were not involved before. Despite a Thursday report from ESPN's uh, Diana Rossini suggesting Green Bay was interested. Although it appears the Brown saga was nearing its conclusion Thursday night, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reported early Friday morning that a rumored trade with the Buffalo Bills fell through late in the process. Remember, it fell through because they had made a trade. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills made a trade, which is their right. They own the contract. AB said, nope, not going there. Sorry, refused to play there. And then Buffalo, to save face, is like, you know what? Nah, we don't really want them. We changed our mind. And so they, Pittsburgh was stuck with them until they could get Oakland to make the really terrible decision to make a trade for them. And of course, that went very, very sideways. And then they cut him. And then he went down to Florida and he acted super crazy. And now he wants to play football again. And there's rumors the Packers might be interested. What planet? In what planet and what universe would that ever happen? The Green Bay Packers, who would never take on guys with even slight issues. Again, there was that tight end back in the day who had problems. That was the only guy that I can think of that the Packers picked up. He was like a second-round talent. I think we got him as like an undrafted free agent. He got hurt in camp, and then he got like a DUI, and then he got cut, and that was it. They, they played with the snake once, got bit, and haven't done it since. What? planet are we living on in which the Green Bay Packers after already back in the day back when he was still with Pittsburgh are like nah I'm not touching that that guy's nuts back then over a year a year and a half ago the Packers are like nah we're out on that man I don't want anything to do with that but now all of a sudden remember this is pre-Funchess anyways we didn't have Funchess back then so it's not like well this time we lost Funchess we didn't have Funchess back in February and March of 2019 this is before the 2019 season Quote, the Packers made sense on paper as they seek a top target to pair with Devontae Adams, which, by the way, the GM, that's coming from the writer. That's not coming from the GM. The GM has repeatedly said, no, nah, we're good at wide receiver. I'm not really worried about it. You could say he's lying if you want. He's, he's living that. He's been living that for two years. But again, the Packers made sense on paper as they seek a top target, no, they don't, to pair with Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers, but it doesn't sound like Green Bay is going to join the sweepstakes. Here's one final article. Actually, let's do two. Here's one from Clutch Points, written by Austin Hutchinson. Three, reason the Green Bay, three reasons the Green Bay Packers are a perfect fit for Antonio Brown. Number three, both the Packers and Antonio Brown need a fresh start. Number two, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers could use another offensive weapon. Number one, Brown may have the ego of a superstar, but he's consistently great. All those things applied then. All those things apply now. Maybe you tweak number three a little bit. But it's, it's the same thing all over again, just much less likely. Here's the final article. This was written November 1st, 2019. So now we're into the 2019 season. This is an article by, the, or by Inquisitor, written by Nathan Francis. The Green Bay Packers lost out on the Josh Gordon sweepstakes on Friday, and the league's other big-name free agent seems to have rebuffed them as well. On Friday, Antonio Brown fielded questions from fans on Twitter, including one who asked whether he might consider playing for the Packers. In a concise answer, Brown seemed to shoot down the report that seemed the team may have interest in him. His quote was, For what? Brown tweeted when asked to come to the Packers. So the Packers aren't interested. Antonio Brown basically came out and said, Why would I join the Packers? That just, we gotta stop, man. This is, this is 
borderline worse than the Aaron Rodgers drama nonsense. Like, this, this thing will not die. This just will not stop. They're not going to call him. I, I, I have been saying consistently they call on everybody. They have not called one time about Antonio Brown. Not one time, I promise you. They haven't called. They're not going to call. They haven't had meetings about possibly calling. The wide receivers coach hasn't even asked the GM if he's called Antonio Brown or mentioned that he might like Antonio Brown for fear of losing his job. Not going to happen. Never going to happen. Stop it. Stop. Stop. I hate, I hate the thought of killing your dreams. I want for you to be able to go to your happy place, but you need a better happy place. Okay? Because Antonio Brown is like a drug, and not any kind of good drug. This isn't like the drugs that save your life. This is like the drugs that have you, like, doing the worm out in the middle of the highway. Right? Bad. The drug you need to get off of. We're, we're going to have to have an intervention soon. I'm going to schedule an intervention for Green Bay Packers fans. That would be one of those lame YouTube videos that if I was more ambitious. And, um, I don't know. I mean, it it would be, but I don't I don't think I can get myself to do something like that. We'll see how it goes. Somebody else wanting to start a Packers YouTube channel, launch it with that one. Just just if you do it, then I can't. So go ahead and do that one. Green Bay Packers intervention, Packer fan intervention about Antonio Brown. Whatever. It's your video. You figure it out. I don't care. I'll tell you what. There's nothing better than just looking at the uh, trending on Twitter at 4:30 in the morning. Apparently, Jake Paul's uh, mansion got raided. Do you guys actually watch that? What does he do? I have no idea. I know he's huge. And I've seen, like, he's got some kind of podcast thing that he does now. And he seems kind of like a jerk. But other than that, like, it seems his reputation is he has a a podcast that's not interesting. He had, like, a boxing match between some other guy that I don't know why he's famous. And everybody hates him. That's all I know about the Pauls. There's two of them. They're both rich. Everybody hates them. And they're not interesting. I, I don't know. I guess that's true with a lot of these guys. With the exception of Mr. Beast, that is a fantastic show, and he is living my dream. little side note here. You know what I want to be? I want to be the Green Bay Packers Mr. Beast. Instead of giving out, like, $100,000 to random people, I want to, like, give out Packers tickets and stuff. Like, go to the Packer game and be like, hey, what are you doing down here in these garbage seats, man? You look like you'd be better off on the sideline. What? But, you know, can't do that during coronavirus. Also... How many things can you do with that? Give away signed memorabilia. Have Brett Favre show up at your birthday party. I don't know. It could be cool. Or I could just keep doing draft videos. Make about three bucks a video. Not a bad living, man. Either way, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, but Jake Paul got raided. All right, so let's get off of that. I also want to briefly talk about Reggie Begleton. I feel like I've done this before. But since today is about, you know, stomping on your dream and, um, and whatnot. Look, I agree at this point, especially with... Funches being out, that Begleton has a good chance of making the roster, right? I mean, it just, for a lot of reasons. I mean, what, what is his competition even? Obviously, Devontae wins. Who else is a lock on this team? Name one person that you know a thousand percent is going to be playing. What, Equinemius? Why? I mean, probably because they want to see what he can do, but he's done almost nothing. MVS is not a lock. Kumaro is not a lock. He's like 28 years old, and he can hardly make the, the team as it is. MVS was hardly even playing by the end of last year. Nobody is a lock to make wide receiver. There are some people that would be more shocking than others if they didn't make the team, but at this point, it really just comes down to the only reason I can say comfortably that a lot of these guys are going to make it is because there's just nobody else. 
There's no competition. But the the thing that, that bothers me is people look at Reggie Bagleton and they're like, oh, he's an absolute freak, he's a monster, and that's why he just he tore it up over in Canada. He's going to be so good here. I don't think I think people are underestimating the talent gap between the Canadian Football League and the NFL. People seem to feel as though Reggie Bagleton is this diamond in the rough. Nobody else is watching the Canadian Football League. He absolutely tore it up. All 32 teams would love to have him. The Packers got him and they got this guy like if if we were drafting him, we would have drafted him like in the second round. He's such a freak. Really 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 simple question here. Reggie Bagleton had 1,444 yards in 17 games. Brandon Banks had 1,550 yards in 16 games. Uh, Reggie Bagleton's yards after the catch, 519. Brandon Banks, 657, again, with one less game. Reggie Bagleton had 10 touchdowns. Brandon Banks had 13. Number of 30-plus yard receptions. Reggie Bagleton had 6. Brandon Banks had 10. Reggie Bagleton was ranked as the third best depending on how you sort this, third best wide receiver in the Canadian Football League. Do you know what Brandon Banks, who is probably the best Canadian football playing wide receiver, is, is, do you know what he's doing right now? He's still playing Canadian football. The the guy is 5'7", he's 32 years old, and he's tearing up the CFL. He's putting up better numbers than Reggie Begleton is. In fact, there is not one category in which Reggie Begleton is number one. Now, he's number two in several categories, number three-ish, whatever. But I, I just want to dispel this myth that he is way, way too talented to be in the CFL. He belongs in the NFL, and so we pulled him out, right? This is just another guy. I don't know if he's any better than these undrafted free agents we picked up. I really don't, and I have no reason to believe that he is. Again, if Reggie Begleton is automatically elite because he was so good in the CFL, why aren't we picking up some of these other guys? Why aren't we picking up Brian Burnham? Why aren't we picking up Shaquille Evans? Why aren't we picking up Brandon Banks? What about Dominique Rimes? How about Braylon Addison? Yards after the catch monster. Let's just get them all, man. They're all elite freaks. Dude, Brandon Banks, he runs like a 4-4-3. He's a speed guy. So you get Brandon Banks and Reggie Begleton. You get the really tall, kind of funches receiver. Then you get Brandon Banks to be the really fast guy. We'll just poach all these elite players over there at the CFL, except... None of them are actually elite. That's why they're over there. It's a shot in the dark, man. There's a reason CFL guys are almost never poached. Despite all kinds of great highlights, despite all kinds of great stats, they're over there because they tried to get into the NFL. They couldn't even get in as undrafted free agents. They're sub-UDFAs. Or they're the UDFAs that couldn't make a team, and so they went to the CFL. That's what they are. Now, on the other hand, we have UDFAs that maybe can make the team. And so Reggie Begleton, of course, is in the mix, but he's in the mix by default. He's in the mix because Funches dropped out. I completely forgot about Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard is a lot to make the team. I'm a moron. But you look at anybody. So Devante, Lazard, EQ, very good chance that those three are going to be there. Kumaro's getting up in age, and he just doesn't seem to ever be able to make the team or, you know, get on the field despite there being a severe lack of talent. MVS was losing snaps like crazy. So outside of those three, Reggie's got a chance, but so does Darius Shepard, Daryl Stewart, KB Anento, and Malik Taylor. And I don't know where Reggie Begleton falls in that list. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's so wildly, ridiculously unlikely that Reggie Begleton comes in and dominates the NFL. It's absurd. It's a fantasy. Again, he is a sub-UDFA. I wish him the best. I hope he does well. But it's it's just kind of foolish, man. And I just I keep seeing all the 
the Bagleton hype all over Twitter and, oh, man, he's going to be so good. Based on what? A highlight reel you saw of him in the CFL? Are we, are we playing this game again where we look at his height, weight, speed? Like we've done 10,000 times with a billion different UDFAs like that Clark guy who was like a massive tight end that everybody thought would be a freak, but guess what? He wasn't. Because at the end of the day, the re- there's a reason he wasn't drafted. Just didn't seem to pan out. Go figure, right? GMs aren't perfect, but they're not stupid. They're not letting first-round talents slip to the UDFA category unless they've got serious issues that sort of correct themselves. But come on, man. And I don't want to have to do this. I want to get excited about Reggie Begleton too, but I can't do it until you relax. And since you refuse to relax, I can't let it go. It's basically just a tryout, man. It's, a, it's like a walk-on kind of tryout. He fits the mold in terms of being sort of a, a bigger-ish guy. I mean, he's... To be honest, he's six foot two hundred, so he's not exactly even. He, he's actually one, probably the smallest wide receiver we have. Devontae's six one, so it's six foot two hundred. Yeah, he's not even a big dude. Kind of looks like it when you watch him, but I don't know. Kumaro's like six four. MVS EQ Alan Lazard, much bigger. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't. I don't want to just sit here and, and bash the guy, and that's not my intent. I don't have high hopes for Shepard and Stewart and, and Taylor and Ento either. But there's not hype for those guys. Nobody cares about them. Daryl Stewart is an undrafted free agent that we picked up. He played for Michigan State. Six foot, 217 pounds. He's got a 35-inch vert. Benched 225, 15 times. I mean, he's just, he's kind of a bigger, stronger, I mean, six foot isn't that big. But at 217, apparently his best 40 was a 4.52. So he's not blazing fast, but he's not slow. Anybody want to get excited about him and his potential and his the possibilities he brings? Could he be the next, you know, Kumaro standout kind of guy that, that gets on the field and has a reputation or a uh, a rapport with Aaron Rodgers? Is it possible? Does anybody want to have that conversation, or are we just stuck on Begleton? Because he was really good in the CFL. You know that doesn't mean anything, right? Does it? Do we? Can we acknowledge that that means zero things? And again, he wasn't the best wide receiver in the CFL. And the other guys that are better than him are still there, right? Andrew Harris. Best running back in the CFL. 1,380 yards, 6.1 average. He had 40 carries over 10 yards. I mean, by far. This isn't even close. Who's the best running back in the CFL? It's not even close. Guess how many offers he got? Zero. It doesn't mean anything. How about quarterback Cody Fajardo? How, How desperate are teams for quarterback? Clearly the best quarterback as far as I can see in the CFL. We got teams that are starved for quarterbacks. Half the league doesn't have anywhere near a good enough backup quarterback. Why wouldn't the Minnesota Vikings or the Detroit Lions at least call on this guy to be their backup? 71.5% completion percentage. That's ridiculous. 4,302 yards, 18 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, highest efficiency rating of anybody. 9.1 average is fantastic. I mean, that's those are great numbers. He can't even get a call to be a third-string guy? You don't even want him as a third stringer? Why would you not want him to to compete with your number three quarterback? It's because it's the CFL. It's made up, it's an entire league made up of guys that can't make an NFL practice squad. In that league, Reggie Begleton was like the third best wide receiver. I'm just trying to put it in its proper context. Please understand the correct context. Can he do well? Yeah, he can. Will he do well? I really, really, really doubt it.
Please relax with the Reggie Bagleton stuff. Oh my goodness. Relax. Let's see if we got, I, I guess we got time. Move on to the final topic of the day. So I had, I had kind of mentioned yesterday that this is somewhat unprecedented territory where you take a quarterback like Jordan Love while you still have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Brian from Connecticut reached out. He says, the most similar situation I can think of to what the Packers are doing or going through right now would be the Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Jimmy G scenario. Jimmy G wasn't their first round pick, but he was a second and their supposed heir apparent as well as the fact that he performed well when he did get on the field. So that's it's interesting because now as we look at it, what did we learn? On one hand, you can look at it and say, see, it doesn't mean Jordan Love has to play. We could go ahead and move on from Jordan Love. We could trade him. Look what they got in terms of compensation. They got a second-round pick, which in this case, I mean, I guess it's not great if, if a presumed starting quarterback yields you a second-round pick, then the Packers aren't really doing this with compensation in mind because you probably aren't going to be able to get back that first round pick but anyways it's a situation where we may have the heir apparent and if we decide that we'd rather roll with you know tom brady or excuse me aaron Rodgers over jordan love we could trade him and we're good now a couple interesting notes on that first of all it was rumored and i don't know if this is true but it was rumored that bill belichick wanted jimmy garoppolo and it was the leadership i.e the crafts or you know bob Kraft. That said, no, I want Tom Brady because he wants more Super Bowls. He wants Tom Brady to be the guy. And so he's the one that forced this Jimmy G trade. In fact, Tom Brady apparently, again, allegedly, how much of this is true, I don't know, did not like that Jimmy G was there. He wanted him gone. And so he's saying, I'm committed. I'm staying. I'm, you know, I'm not going anywhere. We're going to keep on winning. And the, the, the real question I have now is, in hindsight, what was the right decision? Well, they did win one more Super Bowl with Tom Brady. So you at least have that under your belt. Right, you won the 2019 Super Bowl with Tom Brady. The issue I have now is the Patriots are in a real tough spot. They have a terrible football team. They have a terrible quarterback. And so, although we can't even assume that they wouldn't have won the 2019 Super Bowl anyways, because let's face it, Tom Brady had a lot of a lot of help. And look at the San Francisco 49ers right now. They've got a lot of help and almost won the Super Bowl. So it's entirely possible that they win with Jimmy Garoppolo anyways, but let's pretend that they don't. If you're the Patriots, would you give back the 2019 Super Bowl to have Jimmy Garoppolo for the next 10 years-ish? It's crazy how many people grew up like around my area. He was from Arlington Heights. What was the right thing to do? Should they have given up Jimmy Garoppolo? Or should they be rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo right now and just keep this train going? I mean, that that's the hard thing to do. Making the Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers transition, that's the really hard thing to do. That's what the Packers are hoping to get a second time, which is just unheard of. You know, there's a couple instances of back-to-back great quarterbacks, but not many. Going back-to-back-to-back is just, I don't think it's ever happened. I don't know. The Patriots had an opportunity to go back-to-back. Not that Jimmy Garoppolo is elite, but there's no question he could operate within the system that the, we saw what he did in New England. He he won. He was dominant. It was almost as if nothing changed. The the, the thought was, ha-ha, you guys are going to be terrible because Tom Brady got hurt now. Nope. Jimmy Garoppolo came in, they won. Then Jimmy Garoppolo came in, or got hurt. They went with their third-string quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, who, as we've learned, is not a very good quarterback. They still kept winning. They still won. Because the system, man, it's the system over there. Not entirely. I mean, you can't be terrible and expect to win Super Bowls, but do we really think Jimmy Garoppolo had no chance of winning? 
despite the fact that he already did, despite the fact that we know that the defense was top tier and the offense was top tier and very quarterback friendly, Jimmy Garoppolo would be perfect. How much would they love to have Jimmy G right now? And they gave him away because they wanted Tom Brady to get him another Super Bowl. And again, this is sort of the issue that I keep talking about. You don't do something now for the detriment of the future. Now, if you do it, you better win a Super Bowl. And again, they did. But that was a detrimental decision in the long run. This might They, they might be a terrible team for the next 10, 20 years. Who knows how long they come out of the dole? I mean, maybe they'll pull out quickly. I don't know. But the team is completely falling apart. And, uh, you know, we'll see if they're able to tear down and rebuild and how quickly that takes. I mean, they, they've they've lost everybody. And then everybody they didn't lose is now opted out. So who knows? Maybe they end up getting Justin Fields or something because they're that terrible. Although I doubt that. And just, you know, pick up where they left off. But even if they get their quarterback back, what are they going to do about all these defensive pieces that just got purged? you got to rebuild everything. It's not just quarterback. you got a new quarterback with a decimated defense, still no weapons, I mean, you're, you're kind of just a terrible team. Just just on paper, you're just bad. And so anyways, keep that framework in mind as we look forward. The, the prospect of, you know, Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers seems very obvious right now. Of course, it's Aaron Rodgers. But in the long term, when the time comes, when there's a split in the road and, and you've got a split in the organization. Some of the people saying, let's keep Rodgers, and we're so close to a Super Bowl, let's keep going. The other group saying, we need to move on with Jordan Love. Maybe there won't really be that tension. Maybe it'll just be like, well, let's just keep benching him or whatever. But when that split comes, where do you want to go with it? Are you really willing to give away the potential number three in this great lineage of great quarterbacks and possibly seeing the Green Bay Packers just dive deep? deep into despair for the next 10-15 years because you want one more Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I don't want that. Let's keep this thing rolling. Again, I'm not saying let's get rid of Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying in the long run, we got to make the smart decision. And if it ever comes down to either or, unless we've determined that Jordan Love is terrible, I, I there's no question what direction I want to go. I intend to do this podcast for a very long time. I intend to cover and watch and cheer for the Packers for the rest of my life. I like rooting for a really good team. And I have no expectation that we... There, some people are, are Super Bowl or bust mentality. I, I just don't really see it that way. I understand it's it's the Super Bowl is the ultimate goal, but for me, football is what I want. I want to enjoy football. And the Packers have given me an entire lifetime of great football. Only two Super Bowls, but I'm not mad about it. Only when you get into arguments with other fans, like, oh, you only have two. Then it's like, okay, yeah, it would have been nice to get more. But are you mad that we go to the playoffs every year? with the exception of like a handful of years. I'm 33 years old. I've almost never seen the Packers miss a playoff. Almost never. Just been dominant in our own division my entire life. The Packers have given me great football for 30 years of my life. I just want it to continue. It's not Super Bowl or bust. If you told me that it was you win this year and next year's Super Bowl, but the next 20 years are terrible Packers football, or you win one Super Bowl over the next 20 years, but it's just good football for for 20 years. What do you pick? It's not, I mean, come on. That's not even close. Even if it's no Super Bowls, I probably pick no Super Bowl. I like watching the Packers play well. And if that means Jordan Love is a good quarterback and he gives us 20 years of great football and great Packers play and all that, I'm taking it. I don't want to watch a four and, and 
a 4-12 and team for the next 15 years. I don't want to relive, or not relive, I don't want to experience what Packers fans went through in the 80s. I just don't. I, I like that the Packers are dominant. I like that they get all the respect. I like getting excited about maybe we're going to win a Super Bowl. I like the excitement of being in the playoff. I like that. And I don't assume that it has to be a Super I understand how fleeting that is and how, how very hard it is to ever win a Super Bowl. And I can appreciate being successful. I have that capacity to say, you know what, it's a good team, and that was a great outcome. We made it to the NFC Championship game. That's awesome. It's a great football team. 13-3 and regular season record. That's awesome, and, and I get to be excited about this year as well. I don't have to come into this saying, man, you know, I don't know, maybe we get that first overall pick and get a new quarterback. I don't want to live that life. I don't want to be the Browns. I don't want to be the Lions with no real hope, where the draft is the most exciting part of our season. That's where the Patriots are headed right now because they gave away Jimmy Garoppolo for a second-round pick. They sold their soul for a Super Bowl. And again, that's not a su- that, that's a Super Bowl that very possibly could have been won with Jimmy anyways. And they may have even been better last year with Jimmy Garoppolo anyways because Tom Brady was kind of terrible last year despite having an elite defense. Tom Brady was terrible. Jimmy Garoppolo may have been a better option last year already, one year after the Super Bowl. So, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to look at because that is a, a fairly good comp, and I think that is the interesting thing to look at. Now, in, in 2020, would the Patriots rather have Jimmy Garoppolo or uh, who is even their quarterback right now? Oh, Cam. I forgot about Cam. Yeah, I'm not worried about Cam either. Jared Stidham is who I'm thinking about. Jared Stidham is not the future. Brian Lewerke is not the future. They don't have a quarterback of the future. And I feel sorry for Cam Newton because he's kind of being dropped into this situation like, all right, he's the new guy, he's going to command it. Look, if this was 2019, maybe, although 2019 Cam hardly played, if this was 2018, maybe, right? You drop him in that team that, that won the Super Bowl, maybe. But, I mean, the wide receivers, Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry and Mohamed Sanu. What? Tight end Devin Asiasi, third-round pick, is now their top tight end. Also third-round pick Dalton Keene, so they got two third-round pick tight end. Those are their tight ends now. Defensive, defensive line Lawrence Guy, Bo Allen, John Simon, Shaquille Calhoun, uh, Juwan Bentley, Brandon Copeland. I don't even know these people. Stephon Gilmore, Jason McCourty still there, still really good. Devin McCourty still very, very good. They're not going to be there for very long, though. There's already talk uh, over a year ago of the McCordys dropping out, retiring. Very little chance that the McCordys opt out of this season because they're probably not even playing next season. They don't want to play. So why, why would we carry that money over into next year if we don't want to play next year? Makes sense to me. I just, I don't know. We're, we're, we're chasing a rabbit a little further than I intended, but it's an interesting conversation, and I take Jimmy Garoppolo over Tom Brady in that 2019 Super Bowl. I know a lot of people disagree because Super Bowls are the ultimate goal and you never trade away a Super Bowl, whatever. All right, agree to disagree. I appreciated 2011 through 2006, well, through now, right? At the, the period after that Super Bowl in which we were very successful, minus a couple years, and didn't win a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm excited about it. I'm, I, there was a lot of great memories that we had in the last 10 years outside of the Super Bowl. And I'm, I'm glad that they exist, and I would like more of that, please, and thank you very much. Anyways, I'm talking in circles. i got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.